Welcome to End of the Line. I'm Jim Anderton, Multimedia Content Director at Engineering.com. On today's episode, why Vladimir Putin has decided the future of German and European energy. Today's episode is brought to you by Engineering.com, a globally trusted source for engineering content. Check out this and many other exclusive videos for the engineering professional found only on Engineering.com TV today. Not long ago, Germany, the biggest and most important economy in Europe, had a robust and reliable source of energy. Several, in fact, including natural gas from one of the world's biggest suppliers, Russia. With a major gas pipeline in place and a second Nord Stream 2 on the verge of completion, the shift of Russia from Cold War adversary to commercial supplier and business partner, well, it seemed complete. It was a bright future. All that, of course, has changed with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It goes without saying that a country imposing economic sanctions on Russia can't expect to purchase a critical natural resource from Russia at the same time. So I expect that, barring a sudden shift in Russian government, Nord Stream 2 is dead and eventually all other Russian natural gas imports too. Take a look at this chart of German electricity production by source. Fossil fuel use has been trending down in the face of a significant rise in renewables, notably wind and solar, but nuclear has fallen off a cliff, approximately half its peak in the early 2000s. But look at the gap between the combined output of renewables and nuclear and overall demand. Fossil fuels aren't going away anytime soon. And natural gas is used for process and space heat as well. And the EU uses a lot of gas. Exports from Russia last year into the EU were 6.5 trillion cubic feet, dwarfing Russian gas exports to the rest of the world combined, including China. 40% of the natural gas burned in Europe comes from Russia. Now, this is a crisis, and in response to the crisis, the European Commission has tabled an emergency plan to make Europe independent from Russian fossil fuels before 2030, starting with gas. Now, the plan is short on detail, but it is ambitious. According to this Repower EU document, diversified gas supplies, renewable biogas, and the replacement of gas in heating and power generation with alternates could reduce EU demand for Russian gas by two-thirds before the end of this year. The plan also proposes that EU gas storage facilities be filled to the 90% level by October 1st in preparation for next winter. Price controls, direct aid, and tax breaks will be implemented to shield consumers from high prices. Now, the EU concept is either visionary or breathtakingly naive, depending on your point of view. Diversified supplies, including liquefied natural gas, renewable energy in multiple forms, and reduced demand through increased energy efficiency, are predicted to reduce EU fossil gas demand by 30% by 2030. Now, this would, on paper, eliminate the need for Russian gas entirely. But like all political documents, the plan is notably short on engineering. Dramatic improvements in energy efficiency will be difficult to come by. Energy was already expensive in Europe, and efficiency has been in the forefront of European engineering for decades. Renewables are growing, but they too are dependent on fossil fuels throughout their supply chains, and costs are rising. And of course, global supply chains, which have been disrupted by both COVID and the Ukrainian invasion, are a factor as well. Notably absent from any plan on solving the critical German part of the EU equation is nuclear. Now, nuclear has been a political football in Germany for decades. And in stark contrast to France, where upwards of 70% of electricity is generated by reactors, there are only three operable reactors online now in Germany, and they were scheduled to be shut down this year. 33 reactors have been shut down, representing a capacity five times greater than the slightly over four megawatts currently available from Germany's three remaining reactors. 
Now, decommissioning has been a staple of German coalition government policy since the 1998 federal elections, and decommissioning went on steroids after the 2011 Fukushima accident in Japan. It is possible to defer the shutdown of the remaining three reactors, but not to reverse 20 years of destruction of the German nuclear industry. In the available timelines to replace Russian gas, there simply isn't enough of a nuclear industry left in Germany to make an appreciable difference. A crash program to develop some form of small modular reactors could produce power by the end of the decade, and considering the large amount of German investment in very successful advanced reactor technology, this would be a feasible way forward. Yet despite the looming energy crisis caused by the Ukraine invasion, nuclear power in Germany remains a dead issue. The deferral of the planned shutdown of those existing three reactors is likely, as is a delay in the decommissioning of coal-fired power plants, but alternates and conservation are clearly the choice of European politicians. It's poor planning, questionable engineering, and it's unlikely to produce a Europe free of reliance on Russian energy by 2030. Now, I can't imagine what the German research teams that developed advanced pebble bed and gas-cooled reactor technology must be thinking now. Safe, reliable, low-cost, and carbon-free energy made in Germany. And German politicians don't want it. Now, I keep saying this, and I wish I didn't have to. This is what happens when we let politicians do the work of engineers. Well, that's it for this week's episode of End of the Line. To check out these podcasts as videos, visit engineering.com TV. If you like this show, consider joining engineering.com to get personalized story recommendations, follow topics you care about, and participate with the global engineering community. Thanks for tuning in.